0: Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, a.k.a. entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the Empowering Entrepreneurs, Harper & Company with I'm Julian Harper. Julie Smith. How's it going, Joel?
1: You know, I got cold real fast. I'm ready to get out of here.
0: Well, we've got a special guest today. we got Mara Ginobili, a fellow entrepreneur who is the driving force between, be, behind the Home and Haven Company and her Everwood Cabins. Mara, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Well, it's always a pleasure to have another fellow entrepreneur on the show. Uh, talk to me about uh, a couple of things. I understand you're from Columbus, Ohio.
2: I am born and raised Upper Arlington, uh, and then I went to college at Denison University, which is just east of Columbus, uh, Granville, Ohio.
0: How did you never, ever make it out of Columbus?
2: (sighs) That's what I keep asking myself.
0: There's a standing joke, if you live in Arlington, you never leave. Is that true?
2: Oh, I left, and I never went back back. after high school. (laughs) There there you go. All
0: right, that's the deal. Did, uh, you know, when you're at college, did that... uh, change how you think about things or did it just continue on the way who you were and what you wanted to do it just continued your progression to what you want to be when you grow up
2: i was a pre-law major and oh i God. have done nothing in terms of law in my entire career but i do like a good argument and debate my husband will tell you that
0: did um you, did you lose a bet to be want to be an attorney or how did you decide to do that
2: no i just really
1: really like a good passionate debate I, I can completely relate with you.
2: Um, I can see that.
0: <laughs> You're at a good table for that. Yeah. But then you decide you want to do it law. Is that how that worked out?
2: No, I actually graduated in 2008 during the recession and, Everyone was going to grad school, law school, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I just want to make some money. So um, I worked at a place uh, all through high school and college, a spa over in Dublin, and uh, the owner, she's an amazing woman, she offered me a management role uh, right out of college so that I could just kind of get my feet wet. Um, I worked there for about a year, and then I had a lot of friends telling me, hey, I got into sales. Uh, you could make some good money. I know this sounds awful, but I said, okay, tell me more. And uh, one of my one of my buddies said, I'm in medical sales. It's great money, it's easy money. And I'm like, okay, I wanna do medical sales. So I landed an interview um, with my now husband and he was my first medical sales manager. No um, way. And I hated that job and left five months later and we didn't talk for seven years after that. Not because of him, uh, it was just a bad job.
0: Just was it the uh, the the company, the culture, the which I had to do all of the above, everything
2: selling oxygen um, and having to go service people who you know were career smokers. I mean that was my my gig, and I just I couldn't handle it. it wasn't me, but it did launch a nine year career for me in medical sales. Which everybody was right; it was great money, um, but I hated every minute of it. I had I had no fun. I had really? zero professional fulfillment at all. Um, and I always knew I wanted out. Um, it took a really, really bad manager uh, just a few years ago to finally push me over the edge and do something that I actually wanted to do.
0: Were these big companies you worked for? Big, big companies. Big yeah, okay. I won't.
2: I won't say
1: no, names. Yeah. yeah. So wait back to that. So you and your now husband, there was no spark in the medical sales mm-hmm. arena.
2: No, honestly, he was a great manager. He was my first real job manager. So. I I learned so much from him and he was just such a nice guy but we didn't reconnect for 7 years and we just went to lunch together and we have spent every day together since then and he's
1: an entrepreneur too as well right he is yeah That's so interesting
2: isn't it strange um the funny thing is you guys use the word entrepreneur a lot we have never used that word for what? ourselves and people keep calling us serial entrepreneurs. And yes. I never intended to be that. I just wanted to do what I like to do. And that's where we ended up with, we have our three businesses. So
0: do you, the point when you were doing this medical sales and you made the the change to be an entrepreneur, again, there's always this, um, some people have like, I'm destined for this. This is what I'm going to do. These are all been placeholders, and I just got to work through this because I can ultimately get there. And some people just have that two-by-four to the face and say, you know what? This is crazy. I want to do it this way. Which way was it for you?
2: The latter, for sure. Just I whap. I quit my medical sales job with nothing lined up. I hadn't Fantastic. started to build my website for my design business. I had not done a single thing. I walked away and two weeks later, I launched my my website and my company.
0: Did you have an idea that's what you wanted to do? Absolutely, so you, you I didn't...
2: always had enjoyed design, yes. Okay. And and my husband, it was actually, I, I quit my job two weeks before the pandemic lockdown. Uh, so like the first okay. week of March. So it was kind of a do or die situation because I said, hey, I, I gotta keep making money. And this is what I love, why not? and it went crazy because everybody was stuck at home and they all wanted to you know change their houses, get home offices, redo their kitchens. They were sick at the walls they were looking at, you know? So it was great.
0: So tell us about what what exactly do you do for a typical customer? I mean, what do you what do you do for them?
2: Sure. So, um I start out I I have a website. Usually people contact me through my website. Um I schedule, I set up a consultation with them an in-home uh, hour-long meeting. We go through all the spaces they're they're looking to uh, redesign. Essentially, um, sometimes that's just a single room. Uh, they need new furnishings, or they need decor. They need a refresh for their room. Um, sometimes they want to renovate their whole home. I do. All of all of that. So, gotcha. very small projects to very large
1: scale projects. Are and you, were, were you doing any small projects on the side as you were doing that medical sales? That kind of created that itch almost.
2: I, I was. Um, in fact, we had just moved into our new home, and there was a lot to be done when we moved into that house. Um, and I actually had a lot of professional photos taken as we were doing things in our own home, and those were all of my website photos in the beginning. You know, you want to maybe it's deceitful, but you want to give people the idea that, you know, I'm, I'm a professional. I've been doing this, you know, for, for a long time. Maybe not, it hasn't been my label, but, um, I, I had professional photos taken of our home and that was every photo on my website in the beginning, you know, just fake it till you make make it it all day long, but it looked beautiful, you know, and I started getting those phone calls right away. Um, And I have been uh, insanely busy ever since, and I actually, I just hired a design assistant a few months ago because I have to learn how to delegate because I have taken on far too much. <laughs>
1: so that's an interesting thing that we talk about is delegation. It seems like you've learned that quite quickly in your journey.
2: Yeah, well, I had to because I was going to have a mental collapse. If I didn't, my husband was like, you, you're you going to have to do something. So is your dream to build a team? And then what's your vision around the team? And what does that
1: look like for your future?
2: Yeah, I, that's an interesting question because I, um, I'm a, i like, a pretty stubborn person and I like to have control over everything. And I don't, I think in entrepreneurship entrepreneurship that can actually be a, a, a benefit you know I, I think that you have to have some of that but um, I got to a point when we launched our one of our newer businesses with the cabins um, I there simply are not enough hours in the day for me to be able to be a mom a wife run multiple businesses so it had to happen I was forced into it even though it was pretty painful for me at first Um but it helps because now I have an hour or two back of free time in my evenings that I can actually just enjoy my family, which I didn't have for a while.
0: When you say forced, like I said, with this this podcast, we hope lots of entrepreneurs are listening to this and they're somewhere in their journey. Yeah. And we're trying to find out what that advice that we're trying to give to them that would mm-hmm. help them. When you f- say forced, is it because you're just you recognized it? You saw your family. You saw your clients. What was it that epiphany? That's like I, I just can't keep going like this anymore. There's there's too much to do, and I can't do it all.
2: Yeah. So a lot of it. I mean, my husband and I, you know, we sort of feed off one another, but we have very open discussions, and we actually had one, you know, a few months back, and we just said, "This is this is too much for just us." You know, we um, we're not doing anything for ourselves anymore. And we I mean, we love to have our date nights and we love to just, you know, watch Yellowstone on a Sunday night and uh, drink a glass of wine. And we weren't doing that anymore because we couldn't. We had so many responsibilities. And that was I mean, he didn't. But I just cried. I broke down and I'm like, "I this is too much. And I something has to change. Um, and that is when I knew a designs assistant was in the near future and just delegating out what I could in our various businesses and kind of um, giving the reins to somebody else a little bit for for certain things that maybe I'm not good at or efficient at.
1: And I think it's a big thing is, you know, entrepreneurs, like you said, that control is usually a, a big factor. How were you able to empower and trust someone else? How long did that take? Was it instant or was were you just like I'm done, I can't do it anymore?
2: No, I don't think that'll ever be me to just say I'm done, I can't do it anymore. I just that's not in me. Um I the the gal that I hired, Jen, she's fantastic. Um I actually She had worked with me on design uh, clients before. She was a painter by trade, and I noticed that she had a really good eye for design. So being able to work with her before actually hiring her was very helpful. Um, But she has been an asset, and the proper training and ensuring that she understands all of my processes is very important to me. even so much as writing an email back to a client, I have to ensure that the grammar's correct, all the punctuation is correct, everything is aligned perfectly. I probably sound insane, but but it's your this brand. is my brand exactly, and I I it has to look the way that I need for it to look to maintain that like high professional level.
0: Yeah, I think the. Uh- we, we call those things you know, control issues, and we all have them, especially entrepreneurs, because we know what we want, and we believe that nobody else can even come close to understanding that, right? That's I
2: am absolutely that's in a agreement rule. with that. <laughs>
0: and then, not only that, but it's all up in our head, and how can anybody else figure that out if we don't have it out? So for you, I think the first step was you kind of took some of those processes out, put them on paper- Just so somebody had a template to work with because they can't just guess and you're going to set them up for failure if you don't do a process for it. So I think that was probably a a really good way to start to do that. For sure. Um, But I'm telling you, it's terrifying the first time you send somebody off there to try to represent you and do the brand. I mean, it gets you the heebie-jeebies.
2: It absolutely does. And I have dealt with a lot of micromanagers in my medical sales career. And that's the last thing that I want to be. But it has given me a little perspective as to why people can become that. Um, Because, you know, you do care so much and and you want it to be at the same level professionally that that you're at. And I think if you do the proper training and... um, they can get there
0: are you going to go back to that horrible manager head for the last job and bring them in to help you out here show them how to do it right no okay just (laughs) asking for a friend
1: so your design business took off in you know march 2020 during covid during lockdown obviously you've been wildly successful how did that dovetail into hey let's build some cabins in the hills
2: that's a great question. <laughs> you're that, a psycho. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I mean, we look back and we're like, we're crazy. Why? Why on earth did we think that this was a good idea? But it is a good idea. It's just a whole lot of hard work, and it's taking on multiple full time jobs. Um, we have had a real estate business in Columbus for the entirety of our relationship. And Tony actually had a long-term rental uh, before we got together, and we scaled that to seven properties in Columbus where we are the landlords for uh, long-term, which is very different than short-term rentals.
0: Lots of different rules, and different so problems. So many different
2: rules. But I would say that that is more of a passive income scenario, the long-term rentals are. Mm-hmm. The short-term is much more hands-on. It is- any, Active. Very active.
1: So, did you just drive to the hills and saw some property, and we're like, "Hey, Tony, I, I think we should just
2: design something he's, and start building."
0: He's like, "Woman, what are you talking about? This is crazy." <laughs>
2: he's like, "I want a divorce." <laughs> no, he's not. Thankfully, yeah. um, we actually are. In love with the West and the mountains. We got married in Jackson Hole. I spent my childhood spending all summer long in in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Um, every time we take a vacation, we always joke that we have to bring ice cleats with us to hike because we take these like cold vacations. We don't even mean to. Like they're in fall, but it always ends up snowing wherever we're at. Um, we just we aren't the like hang out on the beach people. We're like the get up and go from the time we wake up until sundown. And then we drink our wine at night and we do the same thing. The I next mean, I day. think that fits your personality. What you do, your vacationing is your personality to a T. I know. Tony's <laughs> like, are we ever going to just go somewhere where we just like hang out? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that's not us. You that's know?
0: literally the entrepreneur mindset. It's always attack more, yeah, have enough. Just challenge yourself because the second you step back and relax, you fall behind, right?
2: Absolutely. But, um, we try to stay in as many really cool places as we can, so we've gathered all of these experiences and places we've stayed. And we felt like the Hawking Hills is really the only place in Ohio that you can even get a little taste of what's in the West. Right. Um, So we would always take our son down there just for day hikes and and whatnot. And um, I always told Tony, I said, I would love to build a cabin someday. Now, I meant for us to live in somewhere, but (laughs) somehow it spiraled to us building cabins for others um, that kind of fit that same Um, aesthetic as you would maybe see in the West, Um, that mountain modern style of of cabin that I think is, I don't want to say it's trendy, I think it's just starting to catch on in other areas Um, And we wanted something really unique that people could have here that maybe they don't have the opportunity to go out west or they want that weekend getaway where you don't necessarily want to fly to Colorado for 36 hours, but you could certainly drive an hour outside of Columbus and and go spend a weekend and get, get that, you know, that taste.
0: They want the mini Yellowstone experience.
2: Exactly, without the horses wrong. and the murders and all of that. Oh, well, I'm sure it's going on down
0: there. We just You just don't talk about it.
2: We right? do say it's the Wild West down there. It's,
0: it's, it's an interesting place, but it, it is beautiful. Do you feel like when you are being an entrepreneur, there's always you hurry up, you get crazy busy, you can't take any more, and then you delegate something, and as soon as you find a little bit of bandwidth, what do we do? we fill it up with something again. Do you feel like this is a, I don't wanna call it a problem because it's how entrepreneurs roll, but do you feel like this is probably how things go with you guys? As soon as you get a few minutes, you put another project in or start another business. Is that how you guys are gonna keep doing this? Are you gonna stay with, you with what you do and try to scale just the businesses you have?
2: Um, this is a huge problem because mm-hmm. we are overwhelmed all of the time as most entrepreneurs are, but you sort of thrive off of that it's like this chaos that you're just like addicted to. Um, And we've had so many people ask us, when are you gonna start building more cabins? And we always kind of relate it to this analogy of like, it's like having kids. You have one and then it's crazy for a while. And then you kind of forget about all of the sleepless nights and and then you're like, let's do it again.
0: Then you get twins and then you're like, what have I done?
2: wow yeah
0: that's what (laughs) happened then you buy four cabins and then here you are
2: right so um it has been a really to not even sugarcoat it at all it's been a very trying process i don't know that us building more cabins is in our near future um i think that scaling that business down there is quite plausible Um, we have made a lot of friends down there um, people who have been doing it longer than us and it seems like there's never just one or two for anybody's business. It always turns into we have ten cabins, we have twelve cabins. Um, if that's in the cards for us, great, but we are going to have to get more help if that's the case, because two is a lot.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's I think what's happening is the same thing that happened in your design business is at some point you gotta put the the right team together. Mm-hmm. Right. And as you're doing these cabins, Again, maybe it's a builder, maybe it's electrician, maybe it's the zoning, who knows what it could be. But ultimately you gotta have your system and process down so you can duplicate it and then trust and empower everybody and it'll be okay. But without that, it sounds like it might be in some disarray, but that's as entrepreneurs listening, that's really what it comes down to. You have these great ideas and want to do it and you got to learn the school of hard knocks and then you go, oh, wait a minute, I should just hire all these things out because that's not what you do as an entrepreneur. You like are the visionary and the leader, right? But Absolutely, you got to get to that point, and you'll get there because you, you do. can do so much.
2: And finding the right team is a struggle, especially in these rural areas. Mm-hmm. It is really hard to grow a team in a place where, um, you know, it's different than the big city. Um, there's there's a different mindset, and um, we have we do feel like we've found some really good team members um, to, to help us out down there. Um, but that would really be the key for us to be able to scale the business down there Um, and right now it's just a little bit of chaos and we're kind of doing a lot ourselves and um, you know we're down there multiple days a week right now on top of our other full-time jobs. Tony's still uh, full-time medical sales. So,
0: so he didn't quit his wow. real job. Right. No, oh, that guy's a psycho too. He's
2: insane.
0: So you know, it's a, a funny a, a thing that is we just notice, and it holds true most all the time. Is that you know, an entrepreneur is either going to do business where they basically start a company and they do all the work, and they're in they do everything because it's a passion, and. They're either going to continue to do that and then they get kind of capped out, but they just love what they do and they're not going to be, they're not going to make maybe a ton of money, but they're just very passionate what they do. And then all of a sudden the switch flicks and they go, wait a minute, I don't want to just do business. I want to build a business. And it seems like you kind of just skip ahead right to the the build business kind of thing, right?
2: Yeah. I think that what's been really cool is that we have made it a point to build a brand. Um, We've spent a lot of time or I've I have spent a lot of time, Tony's not the social media guy, but spent a lot of time on social media for both my businesses. And that's been a huge way to grow uh, our brands. Um, my son Rocco actually at school came home the other day and said, my friend my friend Lucas's mom said she was at the Everwoods this weekend, which I was floored that a kid could retain that. Um, mm-hmm. But not just at a cabin in the Hocking Hills, my mom was at the Everwoods, so the we brand. always refer to our cabins as the Everwoods. We want to keep that brand going. We feel like there's something really special about that. Uh, that maybe not all uh, people take that ownership and want the brand. It's really just more of a uh, we've got a bunch of cabins down there. You know, that's not what we want. Um,
0: I think the brand is genius. Well,
2: and I think when you build a brand, you're not. It's not you, and that allows
1: you to build a team. Because it's the Everwoods. It's not the Mara show. Right. It's, it's the Everwoods. And so when you do are able to expand and build the team, it'll be behind a brand,
2: not yourself. Agreed. I think if it was the Mara show, everything would be way less successful.
0: <laughs> Which is the darnest thing because, again, a lot of entrepreneurs generally have egos that they have to then get out of the way of to then let it happen. And when you realize that it's really not about you anymore, it's about your team and your brand. No, and it it's funny everything. that you
2: say that because I would like to think that I don't have an ego. I'm actually like an extreme introvert. Like I don't choose to meet new people if I don't have to, but the f- I'm meeting new people every day. Yeah, I'm going to consultations with people I've never met before for my design business. I'm talking to people through Airbnb every single day, and I'll probably never meet them, but I have to make sure that they have the best experience at our cabin and answer all of their questions and communicate really effectively. But by nature, that isn't what I do or... It's just an interesting thing. It's what you have to do when you're building a company and building a brand.
0: So you're saying, if you're an entrepreneur, you have to be sales. You have to do sales. That everybody thinks you don't have to do sales. You have to do. You sales.
2: have to do sales. Yeah.
0: So if you would, you prefer to do have a new build design that you have to go in that somebody just built it. Now you got to go and do an interior design. Or do you like when somebody takes an older house, you know, like a you know hundred year old house and wants to redesign that, which is your passion, which you like better?
2: I think there's something really cool about both. I love like the charm of historic homes. When I get somebody who reaches out from an upper Arlington or a Clintonville, I know that I'm going to have a huge task at hand because with old homes comes a lot of problems generally, but I have a great team. I have great contractors that know how to handle those those things. Um, when someone has a brand new home, not a single furnishing they're bringing with them and uh, knows the direction that they want to go and just needs help implementing that, that's also really cool. I would say that that of the two is probably easier, um, <clears throat> but I, I truly enjoy both.
0: So I'm gonna ask a weird question in a weird way. So, you know, don't, don't you, so we, we believe that every entrepreneur has a superpower of some sort, like that just sets you apart from somebody else. I could line up, you know, 10 designers at, working at companies and I could put you in there and you're gonna have head and shoulders above everybody, a certain superpower. Do you know what that is? Cause I think I might know what that is, but I want you to tell me what you think it is.
2: Um, I, I would tend to think that um, people who maybe don't know me and see me on the street probably think, I'm am I allowed to curse? You can say anything you want. They probably think I'm a bitch cuz it's the hair. Tony always says it's the hair. Um I think I can become really disarming really quickly with people and I'm a, really effective at communicating with them and understanding what their needs are and I think that works to to our benefit in all of our businesses whether it's our tenants or it's my design clients or it's people staying at our cabin. You know, we haven't had anybody have complaints, but we did have a t- like the hot tub just wasn't getting warm. And I could tell she was really freaking out about it because she really wanted to get in the hot tub and just having a really calm conversation with her and walking her through what she needs to do. And um, she ended up, you know, sending a message afterwards. She said, I just really so appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. And I'm like, it's my job. I didn't say that, but it is. It's my job. So um just trying to. Disarm people and empower them because a lot of times, like in my design business, they actually can, they they know what they want. And to be able to teach them a little bit about what I do so that they're able to do some of that themselves in the future is actually really cool too.
0: And that was us thinking your superpower is the fact that you have a particular type of style that you probably like and you gravitate toward, but being able to get in somebody else's head who's hiring you you have to get in their head. Yeah. And that is very hard to do because you know, you know what you think would make it look great, but that's not necessarily what they want it to be. So I think that's probably one of your superpowers is to be able to, yeah, I know this would be better, but this is what they want. And then you take what they're going to give you and make it the best you can.
2: That's very true. And I have had a lot of clients who are not, they don't fall in my design style and it, it can be really difficult. It's a little bit of a, it's a painful process in the beginning, but I can at least give them, um, you know, their style. I can make it look the best that it can with their style, but I do, I give advice and I'm brutally honest too.
0: Direct, we call it in the business. Direct. I'm direct. No RVF, it's just direct.
1: That's what he keeps telling me anyway. Right. I don't know. <laughs> oh, hey, Julie, what are you doing?
0: I can see it. So the <laughs> funny thing is, is, and again, I just this kind of stuff cracks me up. But I can't imagine if a if a dude says, "Hey, I want you to design my house." I'm thinking like late '90s beer pictures and uh, you know that kind of design. You'd be like, "All right, ten bucks here, you're good to go." Now, if a chick comes up to you, it's a whole different conversation. So it's got to be kind of interesting watching dynamic with couples on what they like or don't like and how they probably sit on one thing they aren't going to cave on. And you got to be like the little matchmaker to make that thing work, right?
2: It's really interesting. Um, there is such a like a range of clientele um, and the way that the husbands and wives interact and the level of wanting to be involved and or not be involved. I have some husbands who are so over the top involved they want to be in on every single decision and then others who are like I don't even need to be there when she comes over because I don't care so um you know I figured that out kind of right away you know if they're if the husband's at the consultation and he's giving any input I'm like all right he's going to be involved so that's interesting um And generally speaking, and this is kind of funny to me, but I will say that usually the husband and the wife have really like opposite desires for the house. So being able to marry that to like where everybody can be happy with how it turns out um, can be really difficult. And sometimes I feel like I'm like a
0: therapist.
1: Oh, I can only imagine.
0: Yeah. It's a funny thing in, in our line of work. Literally, it's more mental, psychological things for clients than it is the actual product or service that you're doing. It has nothing. I mean, it's a piece of it, but more it's about for you. It's they both got a, the, your couple that you're working with. They have to both probably be in a position where they're both satisfied with what you did. It may not be what they each want, but they're going to have a positive experience more than anything else. I, I, it would seem to me. And which I think is that crazy.
1: goes back to your superpower. Which okay. is why you've been so successful at it. Well, thank it.
2: you. I I will say though, I I am a professional, and and I can tell everybody what is going to be best for their home. And at the, but the, at the end of the day, they have to let go of that control on their end and think that that I'm correct, right? Um, I have had a couple of people who it just wasn't we weren't jiving, right? And I had to make the decision to walk away from that project you know I think that you there comes a time where you have to say this isn't working out kind of like it's not you it's me type scenario um and and I'm not above that you know I I had a a big struggle I've only had it happen two or three times but I had a really big struggle with it the first time but I could just see the project wasn't going to go in a direction that I wanted it to and um the communication just we weren't on the same wavelength, right? So I said, you know, I don't feel that I can meet your expectations and I think that there'd probably be somebody better suited for them. And then, um, you know, I pass them along to somebody who is ready to take on a total pain in the ass.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that's the, you know, that's our easy button moment for our listeners is that you don't have to do that struggle on every project. You gotta be able to, the, as you are become a seasoned veteran, you learn quicker before you get too deep into a project to say no, and it's okay to say no. But when you first start out, most everybody will say yes, because you you have to take get clients, but that's how you learn. But at some point, it's gotta be like, you know, this just isn't gonna work out, and it's okay to say no. It's Absolutely,
2: okay. I was exactly what you just said. I was t- saying yes to every single person that would reach out to me, and I quickly learned. That, that is that is not the way to do it. So that is why I take an hour in home uh, with the, the customer prior to moving forward with a full design project. I wanna get to know them. You know, They think I'm just there to take photos of their house, but a lot of the times I'm sort of interviewing them as well to make sure it's gonna be a good fit. Or if I see a bunch of red flags. Um, I had someone recently that I went to their home and they told me that they fired four designers before me. And they said, I think that you, I I, wa- I see your social media. I watch like your videos that you post. And I just think that we'd be a really good fit because our design styles are the same. But I knew in my head in that first five minutes when she told me that, that I'm not going to work with her, you know. Um, and I will, I'll, I'll still spend the hour with them and I'll give them advice here and there where I can. But I send a nice follow-up message and just says, you know, I, I don't feel that we're a great fit. I hope you find, you know, what you're looking for and your home's beautiful and and we go our separate ways.
1: So in Mara's mind, which I know there's a lot going on in there, even as we're here,
2: what's the next thing? That's a great question. Um, We have a second cabin that we are trying to get up and running right now. And it's really hard when you're in the trenches in a project like this that is all-consuming to think about, another step after that. So the next thing is getting um, our A-frame cabin up and running, which we feel will be ready by spring. Um, And then we will take a vacation because we haven't taken one in about a year and a half.
0: You're, um, you're funny. You never take vacations. You know that you're going to, you can't sit there. I mean, there you for can go someplace
2: else. else, but you're still still going to be working. That is so true. There, I think the one thing we've learned as is there is constant work, the job is never done. Right. Um, and that's okay. Because if I can be out in the mountains and I can be doing my, my job from there, my jobs, um, I'm okay with that. Um, but I, right now, we're kind of just taking it one day at a time because this has been um, such an over overwhelming process with building the cabins out um, that that really is next for us. Um, and I, I really can't say um, that more cabins are in our immediate future. But if you were to ask me what's what's next for you know our businesses. I another year or two down the road that that is probably what what's next just scaling that business because it's something that we're passionate about and it's something that you know we also know is it's lucrative and and um, of course we're trying to build a future for ourselves as well and you've been in the
1: trenches you've you've lived you've learned and you're gonna do a couple things differently next time and
2: for sure
0: you, you know too much you can't stop now. This is why right. the end game question that we kind of always ask, and you're kind of new on your journey, right? You've only been doing this for what three years? About yeah. three years, yeah. yeah. Right. So you probably haven't even thought about, you know, the exit of this. But you know, the shortcut is to the listeners, and everybody, there is no exit as an entrepreneur because we just we we know all the secrets. We know that how to get there. We have the relationships. We have the passion. Like you keep saying, um, and I think you guys. Like, it isn't work if you love what you do. People call it work because they don't want to do their job while they're on vacation. But entrepreneurs, that is a vacation is changing a venue and thinking outside the box and getting out of the office walls. You can get more creative and you can like, well, wow, let's do that, that, and that. And then you come back with a whole list. And you're like, what What an idiot. Why am I doing this?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so so what's next? I don't know. Maybe we'll start our own podcast. <laughs> That'll a, be a, fun. It's a
0: hoot. It's a hoot. Uh, we've,
2: we've had a lot of people ask us um, if we would be willing to uh, be mentors and help them. Um, short-term rentals are kind of all the rage right now. And we've had a lot of people who have seen what we've gone through what we've done because we documented all of it on social media and uh, they want to learn more. They want us to help them do the same thing that we did. Um, so maybe that's somewhere in our in our future of being, you know, mentoring uh, newer entrepreneurs and, and things like that. So I heart, got 5,000 ideas for you in the two seconds.
0: <laughs> so maybe we have the next was those people i think in texas the Gaineses or whatever oh, yeah. Oh, yeah maybe that's going to be you and
2: that's really funny because we actually had someone reach out to us to see if we wanted to do a tv show for uh, magnolia network um we didn't make it to the final round but we congrats. were uh yeah they they recorded us and i was like oh my gosh we're gonna have a cabin show on magnolia network and then we never got a call back but It's because there's something bigger out there.
0: We're going to
2: start our own network.
0: (laughs) You needed more, uh, uh, your soap opera of them filming needed to have a little more controversy. So you need to bring some special guests down to make it, keep it more entertaining. That's what you're lacking. If we We
1: would have, yeah, I could bring Glenn. Bring Glenn. and He's bringing his beer pictures and his 1990s decor.
0: I'm wearing my coveralls. It'll be all right. Great. People will love it. For sure. The (laughs) the three Daryls will show up. Well, great. Well, you know, we we really appreciate you coming by today and sharing some insights. And I think the takeaways for our listeners is again, don't be scared to go do it. What's the worst that can happen? Well, you just do something different. And if you don't try to do it, you'll never know that you had something special in you that you could tap into. And-
2: I I totally agree with that, and I think. Quite honestly, you know, we we're both Tony and I are self-taught. We don't have backgrounds in anything that we're doing. So whether you major, if you think that you went to college and majored in something and that's what you have to do, or if you do something for ten or twenty years of your life and you think that that's your only, you know, you're just stuck there. You know, that's that's what this is. What I know how to do. Know that there's a whole world out there of other things you can do. You just, you know, have to be committed to that and and to learning those businesses. So.
0: Take a little bit of risk and you can have a huge reward. Absolutely. Mara, thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me. (laughs) You
0: bet. We'll see you. Hey, Julie, I'll talk to you later. At Harper & Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.